I was actually wow. an international celebrity nanny that traveled to 60 countries. Uh, I worked with the Baldwin family. I worked with some Olympians. Um, I worked with a couple clients that I can't name. Um, I also ended up doing a small stint with uh, Rosie O'Donnell's ex-wife. Um, and so I learned so much from them about social media and exposure and having a vis visual component to your business or whatever you're doing. Welcome to episode three of Behind the Credits. And we have a very special get, Bree. How's it going? What's good, Isaac Fox? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what do you do? So my name is Bree Fallow. I'm a branding and visualization strategist for Instagram, but I'm mm -hmm. also the founder and CEO of Healthy, Wealthy, and Divine, which is a society that I've created of really strong, powerful women who are ready to grieve and dive deep into their past wounds so that they can show up for their business and execute um, their projects and services that they need to offer the world. Wow. That's what I do That's in a pretty nutshell. awesome. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's so good. It's good. Uh, a lot of people talk about how they're going to enter the social media space, how they're going to just like make videos and stuff like that. Uh, what I'm really curious is what is the actual day-to-day -day operations of doing that rather than just the fluff and the magicalness that they think it is? Yeah, no, great question. So the biggest thing is that you have to create a brand story before any mm -hmm. transactions happen. We need to know who you are and why we should trust you, right? So I tell my clients, there's the no like, and trust factor. So before you can even pitch or talk about a service or product, right? I need yeah. to know a little bit more about you. And so I always encourage my clients, you know, we do what we call brain dump. And what are 15 things that people would never expect um, to know about you? And how can you describe yourself, right? So you have to start off with that initial, you know, introduction. Hi, I'm Brie Filippo, and I'm a branding and visualization strategist. What does that mean? What is the journey? So that's okay. what I really encourage my clients to do. Okay, so... What is the um, the day-to-day -day operations? Like, when do you post? Who do you talk to? What is that social aspect? How do you build a community? What is networking like? I'm curious about those type of questions. Yeah, so for me, my day-to-day is, you know, I always start off at like 5 a.m. If you're talking about like the routine of it, which I try to mm -hmm. get my clients into a routine because when there's structure, then you can execute your projects better. So I wake up at 5 a.m., um, I light a candle, I'm praying, I'm meditating, I go for at least... Uh, a mile or two walk run um, and mm. then I jump on Instagram and my stories and I kind of just open up the day that way now typically I jump on there's a organization called the happiness neighborhood project which has been amazing for my business I jump on there and that's a networking event so that's where I go and I pitch and I talk to folks about you know who I am and what I do and then that's how I build my community and I keep them engaged on my social media platforms when it comes okay. to Instagram. Um, so actually, 90% of business is actually conducted in the stories. So I haven't posted in two years. But okay. for my clients that are just starting, I like to get a good solid 10 post up. So people know who they are, and what okay. they're going to um, experience on the platform. So when consulting, how do you uh, find the direction for their content? Like, because how do they make it specific to themselves? Yeah, so we have some exploratory questions that we begin with um, people that come to me they either have an idea of a business or they're just starting out um, and so 
we like to talk about their niche. Who's your ideal client, right? Because if we know who your ideal mm -hmm. client is, then we can target them better. Not target as like in a negative way, but target them so the messaging makes sense. We can meet the need that they're trying to achieve. The reason why I brought you on is because this podcast is about like the film industry and the behind the scenes. And what I'm really interested in is the distribution aspect of social media and its interactions with uh, other content. And what I really wanted to ask was, how did you get started on this journey first off? Because it's a very weird transition to go from, I noticed that you went from college to dropping out and then immediately going into um, the social media space after living in New York. How I got started actually, there was a couple um, spots I didn't tell you. So I went from Westland High School being prom queen and enjoying my experience in high school to college, which was my parents' idea, not really mine. So I did that for a year. It wasn't a good fit at Portland State. I dropped out. I actually, um, my background is a celebrity nanny. So I was actually wow. an international celebrity nanny that traveled to 60 countries. Uh, I worked with the Baldwin family. I worked with some Olympians. Um, I worked with a couple clients that I can't name. Um, I also ended up doing a small stint with uh, Rosie O'Donnell's ex-wife. Um, and so I learned so much from them about social media and exposure and having a vis visual component to your business or whatever you're doing, whatever you're trying to launch. And so I ended up going back to college in New York to a missionary school, but it wasn't until after college that I ended up nannying for an influencer. This is a woman named Saide Sylvia. I nannied for her a couple times and this woman crafted such a compelling brand story about you know, having a daughter unexpectedly and, you know, them having mommy and daddy daughter trips to Paris and her daughter has curly hair and, and wanting to be like a mom that doesn't necessarily forget who she is um, in motherhood and the act of motherhood that now I think she has close to 400,000 followers and she was booking deals with um, like Uber, right? For instance, yeah. it's Avenue. So I just watched what she did and was like, oh, there's something to this influencer marketing. There's something to Instagram because I was very anti-social media for a long time. So that's yes. how I got started. It was just watching her and seeing a difference between some clients of mine that use social media and other clients that didn't. Um, and there was, a, there was a big difference when it comes to their workshops being full, their memberships being full, et cetera. So was it a huge risk taking on this journey and starting the social media process of consulting people? A little bit. Yeah. You know, it, actually last year was one of my, my best years. Um, it was a low startup cost to be a consultant the way I did it. Um, I ended up just jumping on YouTube and, and Googling what is consulting? What is coaching? What's the difference? How do you get clients? And a lot of it was networking in person at the time. But then when, um, COVID hit, everything went online. And so that was a lot easier to connect with people all around the world in these networking events and via Instagram. So um, when they, when you say networking, what is the specifics of networking? Because everyone posts like, you got to network, you got to network. What really is that? Fabulous question. So the way that I approach it is you have to have a strong pitch, right? And mm. you want to find um, networking events that have a lot of attendance. So, for instance, the Happiness Neighborhood Project, what that is, is you, they, it's the networking events are broken up by state. So you can be in Texas, you can be in Australia, even though that's obviously not a state. And when you yeah. log on, there is about 200 people in the room. 
And then they break you down into breakout rooms until 20. So that's what I mean by networking is, you know, you're jumping on a platform. There's lots of attendants, right? They all have their different spills or different industries. And you're just talking, right? And mm -hmm. you're conversing about, oh, this is what I do. This is how I can help you. And then really solid networking groups, they always encourage people to exchange information, exchange social media, because that's how you're going to stay in front of your audience and give them updates on how your business is transforming or changing, et cetera. And then they also encourage you to do follow-up, like 20-minute consults, where you're okay. just going back and forth, what we call you know, a virtual cocktail or a virtual coffee. Yeah. That seems like a very valuable resource. It is. It really is because... You know, you have to start with a conversation, right? Either mm -hmm. either through networking, like going to networking events, or through social media. It always starts with, hi, how are you? I saw that you liked my post, or I saw that you watched my story. Uh, what resonated with you? That's how you get the conversation going. And then that's how you can make a connection. And then potentially, if you hire a strategist like me, I can teach you how to close the deal. <laughs> So a lot of people, when they go into the social media space, they experience burnout. They, um, their mental health deteriorates. How do you mm. make sure that you like continue to do this mm. for the long term? Yeah, another, another great, great question. Yeah, I hear about that a lot. Um, social media phobia, in a way, or like the burnout or the the black hole, right, where you're just mm -hmm. searching things endlessly. Um, I think with anything in life, you have to pace yourself, and there needs to be an objective, right? So. If I'm working, I will have a set time where I am working, I am adding content in my stories talking about my client wins and what I'm doing during the day, right? Going back to that 80-20 rule. And yeah. then I'll have a time for like social hour where I'm interacting with my friends post or, you know, watching um, a podcast from Bruce, you know, Springsteen and, and Obama, right? You just, I yeah. butcher that name to so just go with me, right? <laughs> That's there's time for fun and there's time for play. And if there's that structure, then there's not, then there's not burnout. I found. So there's like an on and then there's well. an off. Yeah. My, one of my, um, one of my mentors in business once said that there's no such thing as business problems. It's just personal problems that enter into your business. So again, like when I work with the women in healthy, wealthy and divine, knowing yourself, knowing your triggers, knowing, what you can and cannot handle so that you don't get burned out, right? If you, if it's better for you to work in the morning, do that. If it's better for you to wake up and exercise and then work later afternoon, do that, but then have an objective so you can stay on task. Okay. So about objectives, how do you manage those objectives? Cause personally for me, I had when I way younger, I've changed my perspective now, but I had these overly ridiculous uh, goals like uh, goals, but they were so short term. I expected to do it in like a month and like a week. So how do you like manage those goals so they don't become uh, overwhelming? Yeah, great question. So for me, I have to make them bite-sized, right? So I have my daily goals, I have my weekly goals, and then I have my monthly goals, and then I have my yearly goals, right? So mm -hmm. having that structure, but then again, going into yourself and realizing, okay, can I really do 50 cold calls today? Let's be honest, probably not, right? So yeah. let's break that down and say, okay, let's start smaller. So every day when I go to these networking events and I'm getting numbers and I'm seeing, okay, this person said she really needed Instagram help or this person really needs some guidance on content um, creation, saying, okay, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak to three people per day, right? So those are bite-sized. We can do that. We can make three calls in a day. 
then maybe yes. when you're able to execute that efficiently, we'll move to five calls a day, right? But we're just, I always tell my clients, Rome wasn't built in a day, but every stone counts, right? So we okay. are continuing to build, but gracefully. So you don't get burned out. So you don't feel, gosh, I never get anything done. No, bite size. Then collectively, you know, if you're working five days a week, you're making those 15 calls, which means that's 30 calls, you know, mm -hmm. with two weeks and then it just continues. Got Does it. that make sense? Does that resonate? Yeah. No, that was really, that was really great stuff. I learned a lot from that. Right. Right. Not to mention too, like, let's be real, right? Like what, how many clients can you physically take on depending on your industry? Right. It varies, right? Like my mm -hmm. dudes that are in constructions, well, they can only do two interior design projects a month. Like just realistically, because they don't want to take on too much, right? And then their clients not be pleased. So thinking about how long your pro your your project will take, and then adjusting appropriately. So how do you um, balance uh, the life, like living and ha having your day to day, to making content and contacting people? How does that work? Like the percentages, or how do you balance that? Yeah, another another great question, Mr. Fox. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> question. So, <laughs> um, yeah, when it comes to balance, I mean, I'm a big believer that your life is content, right? I need, again, going back to who is this chick, right? Oh, she likes yeah. lattes. Oh, she has a dog, right? Like, your yeah. life is, is content. One of the best things about being an entrepreneur is you get to set your own timetable. If you are, you know, on your ish appropriately, you should have time freedom. And so... That's been my balance is there's certain things that I want to do in the week, like kayaking, hiking, right? Traveling, I'm going to Seattle tomorrow, right? So mm -hmm. I have times I'm going to do those activities. The other times I'm putting energy into my business. So it's not really a percentage. You know, I, I can't say that I work a nine to five. Most entrepreneurs go into entrepreneurship, so they don't have to work that nine to five. I can work whenever I want to. Um, yeah. But I would say at this point in time, when you get your client base and you have a good referral uh, program where people are sending you people and maybe you'll give them a little kickback. Okay. A little 10%. Who doesn't mind yeah. a little 10%, right? Yeah. Um, then you're solid and then you can do the things you want to do. Okay. What, um, another, another question. Um, what would be like the major tip that someone should take away from this to grow on social media? To grow. Okay. So there's, there's a couple. Uh, I'll give it to you funky, right? Do okay. not get caught up in the followers or the likes because that there's, there's two different lanes. There's influencer marketing and then there's kind of everybody else, right? So yeah. when we first got introduced to Instagram, it was all about likes, follows, like follows because we were looking at the Kim Kardashians and the Oprah's of the world, right? If you're mm -hmm. a business owner, you really want to focus in on engagement. There's people that view my stories that are not following me, but they're my clients, right? And maybe later on they will follow. So that's one thing that I always have to kind of, you know, get my clients rear in gear because they need to realize that they're putting a lot of emphasis on something that doesn't matter. So yes, engagement overall, um, okay. stories, like I said, 90% of businesses are conducted in the stories where you're painting that brand, your personal brand. Okay. Yeah. And, and just to clear, clarify for anyone that's listening in, if you think of branding, all branding is, is what people say about you when you leave the room. Oh, that's Bree. She's an Instagram guru. Oh, okay. There's Isaac Fox. He does something with bacon. Okay. He's the fro bacon dude, right? Yeah. You might not get it a hundred percent correct. 
but they are now understanding what you do and who you are and that you're at top of mind. So what were some of those other pointers? Another pointer is making sure that if you have, you know, solid posts in your stories, making them into highlights, right? So yeah. I think of Instagram as like an interactive website. You know, I should be able to come to your profile and my questions should be answered before I ask them, if that makes sense. So oh. people know that like I'm, you know, a, a straight shooter that grew up in Westland, Lake Oswego, Oregon, but I've lived in Brooklyn for for 12 years. So the flavoring is going to be a little different. I'm a little bit more direct. They know that I take payment first, right, before my intelligent properties are or what they call intellectual properties are out there in the world. you got to pay me for my expertise first. They know that, you know, it's via Zoom. So I'm not going to be meeting you in person. It's going to be wherever my phone is, because that's one thing I wanted to emphasize is I wanted to have a nomadic lifestyle. So I could be in Costa Rica, I could be in London and I could still take your call. Right. Yes. So painting that picture of how to operate, right. What you will tolerate in your business and your endeavors Mm -hmm. and what you won't. Um, And then again, when people know your personality, they can see, okay, she's going to be a good fit. He's going to be a good fit. They are going to be a good fit versus not. Saves everybody time. So I have a a question. I've asked uh, the other two guests before you about this question because I I am really grappling with it. It's um, what is your opinion between uh, quality and quantity? Like that relationship when it comes to content. Yes. Okay. So less is more always for me i rather have someone that has three solid posts that are leading me somewhere versus 15 posts that are just kind of half-assed excuse me i hope my dad's not listening to this right (laughs) because because let's be real right i think that we've all been like there's a james brown saying you know you're talking loud but you ain't saying nothing right we have to be very careful because we don't have that much time I think it was mm-hmm. Business Insider that said we used to have 30 seconds to make an impression. Now we have seven. So you got to get to the point, right? You got to get to the point right out the gate, what you need, what you're offering, what you need your potential audience and clients to do for you. So, yes, always quality over quantity for sure. Oh, yes. Okay. Okay. That that confirms a lot of things because I – um. I was posting things and then I just stopped and I rethought my content because I was like, I'm just posting stuff for the sake of posting stuff. It's not really that meaningful to me. So I stepped back and I'm now making right. very different content. So I was just wondering, like, because I'm trying to re- right. to follow that decision and wonder, I'm really wondering, was that the correct decision? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'd have to dive a little bit deeper. But yeah, I mean, that's the thing is that if it's not going to resonate with your potential clients, or you're just throwing it up there to have content up there, it's actually a poor reflection, right? Because if if this is the first place that people are going to interact with you, right? They need Mm. to have a good impression if they're going to move forward. Again, the no like, and trust. If you're just like, like this one lady that I was working with, she was a financial advisor and you could tell on her Instagram that she probably, you know, you have to have a degree. (laughs) You got to be certified to do what you do. You do. But she had like Minnie Mouse and Donald Duck. And I'm like, this has nothing to do with finance. So if I come to you, I might look at your post before seeing what your bio is and think, oh, she's someone that does kindergarten birthday parties. Maybe yeah. she's a cupcake maker. You know, it it said nothing about the financial industry, right? So mm-hmm. being intentional is always important because you never know what eyes are going to be on you and, and what are you saying and why should I care, right? Yeah. 
So, um, as they say in New York, why should I give any fucks? That's what they say in New York. <laughs> why should I give any fucks? Well, I'm going to show you. <laughs> I'm going to tell you. <laughs> Again, I hope my father is not listening because, well, putting <laughs> <he> under. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I was wondering, jumping off of that, they always say, follow your niche, find your niche. What is your thoughts on that concept? Hmm. Yeah. Yes. Oh, come on, Mr. Fox with these questions, sir. <laughs> this is good. Okay. So, yes. Yeah. So, okay. This has been really kind of like debatable in the marketing um, industry, right? Because you can get mm-hmm. so niche down that you might be missing out on a potential client. What I like to tell my my clients right is that okay niching is important right i'll give Mm -hmm. an example some of my holistic practitioners that i'm working with right some of them only work with people that have thyroid issues some people only work with men who have had prostate issues right you need to know the the difference right you need to know who's specializing but you don't want to be too niched down where you are potentially you know, um, intimidating or confusing someone that could be an ideal person for you. So yes, you, we want to have a general, you know, understanding of like what you actually do and what you can deliver for what demographic, but it all comes down to your wording. Right. So there was one woman that I worked with and she was talking about how she wanted to work with, she wanted to mainly focus on women of color black women that are financial advisors right she wanted to focus doesn't mean that you can't be caucasian or chinese japanese um to work in her business or work with her right so her niche is she wants to focus on the sisters and that's okay she's a sister wants to work with the sisters that's cool but she's open to all women right so again in the wording does that make sense that was yeah that makes perfect sense sorry boo boo that are listening okay So, um, I was wondering about, so if you're talking about niches, how do you, I'm not even saying that word right, but (laughs) how do you stand out with so many people around you? Yeah. Good question. So the number way that you are going to stand out is if you can deliver, right? Like Mm -hmm. another saying from the East coast, come correct or don't come at all. Right. So you have to prove to me that if I'm going to pay you money, you're going to actually be able to deliver the product or service that you are, are, um, saying that you can. And so a good way to, to show that is testimonials, right? Straight out the gate. Like I always ask, and to all the entrepreneurs out there, it can be awkward, but don't be afraid to ask for those testimonials because if people are raving about you, you know, people are going to follow the bliss, right? Like, like a couple yeah. of my clients are now making these 20,000, 20,000 a month, 50,000 a month, right? I'm highlighting that ish being like, listen, homegirl came to me and she was negative $500 with my program now she's making 20k a month can you afford to not make 20k a month right so i'm letting Mm -hmm. my results speak loud for me so with the proper niche of where and who can work with you and who you want to work with and then letting the results speak for themselves got it so what do you think about then the relationship between reputation and success Ooh, ooh, good, good, good question. Reputation and success. I mean, they go hand in hand, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you can, you can, okay, so, okay, let's, let's dive into this a little bit. So you can be successful at what you do, but if you are a pain in the bleep, yeah, more people are probably going to not have a great experience with you and then not want to work with you, right? So you want to make sure that your reputation and your name 
cold water and that people have a good client experience, right? Not only mm-hmm. client ex- not only client results, but the client journey of how they got to you, what was their interaction with you, and then how did they feel when they were working with you? So yes, you want to have a good reputation. You want to call back people. You want to answer those emails, right? Because think mm-hmm. about it, again, collectively when it comes to business, right? If I go to somebody's website and the links don't work, if I email you and you're getting back to me two weeks later, I'm not a priority to you. So that means if I give money to you, I'm not a priority to you. My reputation yeah. is tainted. You don't want that. So if you have a good reputation, success is around the corner. Got it. Okay. So um, uh, jumping off of that, if you want a good reputation, you have to deliver. How do you yeah. manage things to make sure that you deliver? That's going to vary for every um, every business. I mean, you have to think about your promise. And I think that goes back to what we talked about um, several minutes ago of, of knowing yourself and what you can take on. Right. So when I was in the nanny industry and, you know, to be a celebrity nanny, to travel the world, you have to be excellent. You have to be professional. You have to be on point, as they would say on the East Coast. Right. And Mm so never. And this is what my agency taught me. You never want to over promise and under deliver. Right. It's better to under promise and then over deliver. Right. So I'm going to make you a strategy and it's going to consist of this. And then if you have extra time, you're going to add in a bonus, right? You're not going to promise that bonus and then only get half of the session strategized or half of uh, the initiative strategized. That won't make sense. That's that's not good. Yeah, that makes sense. That's perfect. So you made this transition into like the social media space. How did other people around you react when you went on this journey? Because I feel like a lot of people that traditionally see business is just the whole concept of business itself is changing. Yes, it definitely is, especially after last year, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, people were excited for me. Um, You know, I had a lot of naysayers early in life um, Mm -hmm. where I had to just trust my own voice and know that I'm capable of achieving my dreams and my goals. I mean, again, going back, entrepreneurship is is you have to, like, develop yourself, right? Because it's only you. (laughs) What is that saying? You, myself, and I or something? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Excuse me. Me, myself, and I. Goodness gracious, right? I'm not even drinking. Me, (laughs) myself, and I. Um, And so I think that when I dropped out of college and then got a position without even doing proper schooling to be a nanny and then was able to travel the world and, you know, not, you know, get hurt. I was handling my business and also worked with other kids. I think people realize that I am a boss because I am. Hey, Mm -hmm. how you doing? I am that boss and I do deliver. So, yeah, I think people were like, okay, breeze at something new. Let's see what happens. Not to mention, yeah. you know, I don't want to get too off. Sorry, it can be long winded at times. Um, no, go low into Low startup it. It's fine. costs are the key. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Low startup costs are the key. You know, I had a lot of people, okay, speaking of the naysayers, a lot of traditional coaches, right? Were mm-hmm. like, you need a brick and mortar. You need to be like a psychologist. Now, again, coaching, consulting, you're not a psychologist. Um, I'm not certified, right? I have a business yeah. degree, but I'm not certified in coaching. So they're like, well, to be a professional, to be a professional coach, you need a couch, you need a, you know, a brick and mortar. <laughs> I remember thinking, hmm, do I want to take on a two thousand dollar lease for my business when I could just meet with people via the phone? People were like, oh, what are you talking about? No one's going to take you seriously. And I was like, ah. No, that's not the truth. Just in my gut, I knew I want to be nomadic. I, I don't want to have to pay for overhead, and I really don't want to have to pay 
um, to be in one spot when I want to be in Iceland, when I want to be in Italy. Well, that was in 2017. Flash to 2020, those same individuals that have these brick and mortars and people are now having to readjust what they're spending, now they have an extra $2,000, $2,500 bill per month they have to deal with. So you got to know your gut. You got to trust yourself um, and know what's best for you. Got it. So I hear a lot about like self-improvement, about um, like taking care of yourself, of understanding yourself. So how does the relationship between like getting pretty much getting your shit together and business work? Like su success and reputation, it goes hand in hand. I mean, if you're a person that's not driven just mm -hmm. on your own without having a hype team, entrepreneurship is not going to be for you because it can be hard. It's a different kind of challenge, right? So when yeah. you work in corporate or you work for somebody else, they're, they they set the deadlines. They tell you when you have to come in. Entrepreneurship, if it's just you, me, myself, and I, again, you have to be self-motivated. You have to set your own deadlines. You have to make your own leads. You have to follow up with them, send the emails, send the Zoom links, take the payment, right? So going back mm -hmm. to what I said earlier, there's no, there's no business problems. It's personal problems that have now surface in your business you have to work on yourself and and again know your gut know what you can take on know the promises and what you can and cannot deliver but also know what level of drive you have because mm -hmm. again no one is waking up at five in the morning that's me because i have to move my body i have to hydrate if i yeah. if i don't i'm gonna be crappy i'm gonna get sick if i get sick and go down that's my business too so again it goes it. hand in hand a, a mm. healthy business person is only going to serve you and your potential clients better. You know, if I'm haggard, hungover, you know, or, <laughs> you know, stressed out because my boyfriend is, is acting up, that's going to, that is naturally going to show up in your business. Yeah. Just going back to being driven as well is like what wakes you up in the morning. I mean, if you're really passionate about what you do, um, then it's not going to be work, right? That's something mm. that I remember my kindergarten teacher saying is that you want to choose something that really brings you joy so you'll never be at work traditionally because you're doing what you love. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I've, I've felt that definitely. Yeah. Recently, I've just taken this up. I've wanted to do this for years and now I'm doing it and I am like absolutely in love with it. I just do it every day. I'm super passionate about it. Right. Like if you um, are happy and you have joy and you're tranquil, right, and you're doing what you love – you're naturally going to attract people that are going to love you and love what you do and then want to work with you and be inspired. Mm -hmm. So actually I'm going to, from that, I'm going to pivot to a different area. How do you associate yourself with people that will bring you up versus pull you down? Cause I've, I've dealt with that and I've struggled with that. So how do you find the right people to associate yourself with? You listen, mm -hmm. you listen. There's actually a famous quote from Denzel Washington that talks about if you just sit back and you watch how people move, you watch what they say you know, are they pessimistic? Are they optimistic, right? People will tell you where they're at really quickly. I mean, there's been people that have come to me money in hand, but their vibe was off. And I was like, mm -mm, you're going to pull down what I'm doing. If you're a complainer, if you're unmotivated, if, if you're just going to, well, I don't know about this. And well, I don't know about that. You're not going to be a good fit for me. So you have to mm. know what you can actually like. I don't want to say hemisphere, but you need to know yourself again of what you want to tolerate and what you don't want to tolerate because money is important but money is not everything and i say that with caution because money can obviously change lives it does every day but mm -hmm. 
I don't want to be miserable as I can, I don't want to speak for you, Mr. Fox, but yeah. I can assume that you don't want to be miserable either when you're working. Yeah, I don't. Absolutely yeah. not. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> yes. Let's be real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ain't nobody well, got time for that. No, they don't. Yeah. No, they don't. No, they don't. All right, no, so talking... Talking about time though, uh, how do you, cause I've noticed recently for me, um, I've all of a sudden the value of my time has increased exponentially. All of a sudden I'm like, don't waste my time on this. Don't waste my time yeah. on that. So yep. how I just do you maturity? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I just signed a maturity. Yeah. And, uh, what happens with that, uh, relationship? I was curious, is that, um, how do you manage your time when you're doing this business? And how do you um, qualify something as worth your time versus not worth your time? Mm, good question. Yeah, it depends on what area in my life. I mean, I'm about this paper. Let's be honest. I'm about the paper and the coin. Let's be let's be perfectly clear. Mm -hmm. I remember hearing a quote. I think it was from my my Mariah Carey at the time, and I think she said something like, "I don't do things that don't make me money." And at first, I was like, "Oh wow, like that's just so that's so pretentious." I can't believe she said that. But then in my maturity, I realized that. Like you said, time is money. Time is energy. Time can mm -hmm. be energy exchange. So if it's not going to result in something that potentially could bring me in income or make a connection, I don't do it. If it's not going to, you know, again, foster love and community and strength and tranquility in my life, I don't do it either. That could be with friendships. That could be with love and relationship. I mean, again, I think it's a, it's a lifestyle, right? What do you want in your life? Because whatever mm -hmm. you want in your life, you're going to attract by your attitude and your actions. Talking about goals and like having passion and entrepreneurship, it's like a it's like a job that nobody celebrates you, nobody really cares. So, um, how do you find that passion? And then when times get tough, how do you reestablish yourself, get yourself back on the track? Yeah. So, really good question. So, you know, there's a term in business that's called risk analysis, right? So you have mm -hmm. to realize. And, and think about collectively, you know, what is the end result? What are you really looking to achieve, right? Mm -hmm. And then when it comes to your market, I mean, there's, there's so many steps right before you get there. When it comes to your market, can you actually make a livable income on in what you're doing, right? And if yeah. you can determine, yes, like if you can look around and see people, so for instance, like yourself, there are people that are making lots of money on podcasts, right? So, okay, yeah. you know that it's a field that you can grow in, right? Well, mm. if you know that there's a field that you can make a solid living in, you, you pa you're passionate about it, you like it, right? Yeah, then absolutely. You have to set up, obviously, the structure and say, okay, if I'm looking at, okay, let's just say Harpo, right, Productions, their podcast, if you're trying to get to where they're at, you need to look at the steps that they took, which mm. is very simple nowadays with Google. Google's your friend. Yeah, absolutely. You can learn from anyone. <laughs> Um, yeah. And, and let's be, and let's, you know, if you want to be totally like, if you really want to keep it funky, when you start making that paper, that coin, the money, eh, mm. uh, the currency, as some people would say, <laughs> that is motivation in itself. It, yeah. it is motivation. <laughs> so talking about money, actually. So I, uh, I've been looking at Gary Vee and watching his videos and he talks about how your relationship chains once you start asking for money. How, how would you say, how do you transition from making something that's free to making something that makes money? Because it originally is free. Yes. So for my clients, I actually teach them 
good question, by the way. I actually teach them how to make the content themselves. So I'm not a manager or a mm. virtual assistant. I'm I'm an educator of Instagram pretty much. Like I will teach you about Instagram, give you the update information. We'll make you a game plan, your strategy, but you're actually making the physical post. And there's lots of reasons for that. And we can get into that a later time, why they do it versus me. Um, one thing that I do do though is I have a free workshop, right? Where I give people a little bit of information to be dangerous on Instagram, yeah. you know, things that they need to know about their bio, their hashtags, their highlights. But then at the end, there's a strong call to action. If you want to continue and know more expertise, then this is what's going to be the cost to move forward. And I've got it down to 90% of the people that come sign up. So that's right. how I've used, you know, the workshops or so to lead in to the transaction but you're right as soon as money is on the table then it's a totally different relationship you're not a observer you're a client now and then we have to get yeah. to work so the trying and the failing process i've i've experienced myself there's tons of failure how do you manage failure oh yes great question okay so i'm a student of many people there's several people that i i mean i just i love to read i love podcasts if you look up Dean Grazio and Tony Robbins, I mean, these are people that are, are world names, right? They mm -hmm. always talk about this, always. Failure is good. You need to fail. You It, it builds endurance because let's be honest, when we learned how to walk when we were younger as children, we fell all the time, right? You have yeah. to switch the mindset. You know, you hear that a lot. I don't want to be too wooey, but mindset is really 90% of the game. It really is. And so if you can think about it and pivot in your mind that you're not failing, you just figured out a way that doesn't bring you in or usher in the success that you want so that you're not going to do that again, right? So failure is not a bad thing. Failure is good. Trial and error is good. You want to have obviously, you know, like I said, the risk analysis, you don't want to like put a hundred million dollars into a company that you haven't researched before. That's not good, right? Mm. that's a big failure and that's going to hurt you. You'll learn not to do that again, but you don't want to be like wounded for years to come if that makes sense. But failure is not a bad thing. You want to fail. There's been several people that have been successful in the world, including I think Dean and Tony that asked their kids at the dinner table, how did you fail today? To make okay. people realize that failure is not a bad thing. You want to fail Got and it. you will fail. Right. Mm. But it's a learning experience. So talking about that, when uh, people are presented with a lot of times, actually, let me just do a little caveat. So on YouTube, when people go to YouTube channels and they say like, this is how you become a YouTuber. This is, this is how you do it. And a lot of the questions, what they're really asking is they want their idea to be completely validated before they even start. They're so afraid of failure, so afraid of the, the blowback of what they're creating. So how do you get over that? Are we talking more about like people's criticism of yes. you? Yes. Okay. Yeah. You got to realize that those people don't pay your bills. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like that's, that's straight up out of the gate. You have to walk <laughs> into environments with authority. Yeah. And know that you are supposed to be in this place, that got you it. are presenting something that's going to change somebody's life. That's how you get over it. Because again, it starts with you because the naysayers are going to be there, right? Like there's mm -hmm. people that don't like Jay-Z and Beyonce. There's people that don't like the Obamas or, or Biden or Trump, right? Like mm -hmm. did Trump ever stop talking? No, he did not. 
because he walks with authority. These people have to walk with authority because they know what they're bringing to the table. So again, going back to the Bronx and to Brooklyn, those haters don't pay your bills. They don't. Makes Not sense. to mention haters are undercover fans anyway, but we won't get into that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're still there watching your content. <laughs> No, right? Like, let's be real. Let's come on. Like, you're so, you know, like, like Mariah, why are you so obsessed with me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think I just want to end this with uh, anything that you would, from all of this, that you would really want someone to take away from this conversation. I'm going to switch it up on y'all. I want okay. you guys to realize, anyone that's listening to this, that you, are, that you are worthy. That you are worthy of all your dreams and all your desires. But it's going to okay. be up to you to go get them. Right. You have to turn these dreams into reality. And so when you know that and you're able to walk boldly into environments with authority, knowing what you want, because that's what a lot of people do. They do it backwards. They want the riches, but they don't know how they're going to get there. They haven't made a game plan. They want to, you know, flex, but they have no background. They have no substance. Right. you got to develop yourself, know who you are, trust your gut and then go for it. If you need business structure, then haul at your girl because it'll change your life. Yeah. See that authority? <laughs> yeah, on Instagram, if you want to follow Brie Falo, that's at, you know, the little at sign, B-R-I-E-F-A-L-O-U-G-H. And then anyone that's listening to this gets a promo. So if you, if you message me and you say Isaac Fox, then you can get a free 20-minute consult and we can talk about working together. Wow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yes. yes. All right. Well, thank you again for mm-hmm. coming on. This has been great. This has been really good stuff. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me, Mr. Fox. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, thank you, Brie. It's been great.